0: Hi everyone, I'm Ari Medlin, here with Rachel Poley, and we're your hosts for The Merry Writer Podcast. We are on episode 57, and this week's question is, what's your favourite childhood story? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. And if you enjoy our episode, please do give it a like. Yesterday, April 27th, was Tell a Story Day, so we thought it might be a good idea to talk about the importance of children's books and getting kids interested into reading at an early age especially since we don't have kids, so this is a great topic for us. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Who best to talk about kids' education and the importance of learning and reading for these little children when we have done ourselves?
1: (laughs) Well, to be fair, I've been babysitting since I was 16, and I do have a college degree in early childhood education.
0: And I do have a young nephew and niece who I try to read to when they're not ripping pages out of books and flinging them across the room, so.
1: (laughs) Perfect, we're totally qualified.
0: (laughs) (laughs) With that being said, today we are looking back at those stories from our childhood, especially if they helped you fall in love with storytelling. And in the true Merry Writer fashion, we will probably include more than one each because that's what we do with everything. As I mentioned in the last episode, I really liked Winnie the Pooh when I was growing up, which is by A.A. Milne. Little known fact, I didn't realize that A.A. Milne was a male writer. I was so convinced it was a female writer for most of the time. My favorite was um, The House on Pooh Corner. And in fact, I do still have a copy of that book somewhere. It's very old and very tatty, but it is a piece of my childhood. So that's probably why I've never got rid of it. It was the book I used to reach for when I wanted a bedtime story. And even my older sister would often read passages of it at night, adding voices and everything. So it has a really poignant position in my childhood. And it's one of those books that, you know, I spent years and years and years since I read it, and I can still remember parts of it. And... I could flip to certain page numbers that I always liked. So yeah, it's a a little piece of treasure that I have kept with me from, uh, from my childhood.
1: That's so sweet. I love that your sister used to do voices. But I mean, Winnie the Pooh was something I was very much into as well. You just, I don't know what it is about Winnie the Pooh, but there's just that Winnie the Pooh is just awesome. And to be honest, I don't remember too much of reading like any of the books of Winnie the Pooh I know that I did have books but I often watched the show and the movies but the books I don't remember as much but god I love Winnie the Pooh and I'm so mad that my nephews they like we tried showing them Winnie the Pooh but they just weren't into it (laughs) I'm so mad at them for that (laughs)
0: that's that's like disowning level there
1: yeah yeah it is
0: wrong (laughs) it totally is
1: (laughs) What I was super into um, as a kid was Little Bear. I don't know if you know that one, um, but it was that was another TV show that I watched a lot. But I did have books of a collection of stories of Little Bear and Little Bear was just that he was a little bear and he would go on adventures with his friends, um, duck and cat and they would they would learn life lessons and all that fun stuff they would go on picnics together I mean it was very similar to Winnie the Pooh in some ways um except there was no Christopher Robin or anything like that although they did have a they did have a human female friend which I cannot remember her name for the life of me but yeah now that I'm thinking about it it's closer to Winnie the Pooh than I think but Little Bear was another cute one
0: uh, no I've never I've never heard of that was that a show in America, made for, made in America? I guess so. Yeah, because we, we do get some shows and, and some books come over, but not everything. So sometimes I'll hear of things and I'm like, I don't know, I've never heard of that. And then I find obviously it's a, like a, a country thing. So it's like, ah, oh, I'm oh, get right. it over here. All
1: right, so I guess that answers that question. Winnie the Pooh <laughs> is more popular than Little Bear. <laughs> <laughs> if any of you listening out there know Little Bear and used to read the books and watch the show, please let me know. <laughs> So that I'm not crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, <you> just, <laughs> oh, was it was great. Oh, it was awesome. It does sound quite cool because I just said like, if it sounds like Winnie the Pooh where they've got like a group of, of animals and you have adventures, it's like, there's always a, a thing about that isn't there? There's so many kids books that have that where it's little animals doing something. Um, I'm going to go off topic, not off topic, off script at the moment. Um, like a set of books I used to like was the Beatrix Potter books, which again is the same thing as it's all these little animal stories where you follow these, you know, Mrs. Tiggy Wintle, Mrs. Tiggywinkle the Hedgehog or Squirrel Nutkin, which by the way was my favorite mm-hmm. <laughs> and all that. So obviously animals is a big thing to, when, when, when getting kids into reading or playing or learning, it's like, you know, so, so I don't know, it's one of those things I always knew like intellectually, but I never really, thought about it, that most stor- little storybooks for kids have got like little, little animals in, not people. <laughs> it's
1: like, Yeah, and it's it's interesting too, because you, I don't know why we get so attracted to animals. Maybe it's because we're sick of humans, even <laughs> as children, we don't
0: like other humans. I, I don't know. The only problem is I'm about to turn that on its head and say my next set of books I really liked were Roald Dahl stories, which often were just people. <laughs> So going against my own comments there. I think those stories were in part so enjoyable because of Quentin Blake's awesome artwork. It's so recognisable, it just stands out. And I always remember, I'm just gonna go off topic. When I was in primary school, there was like a safety leaflet that came out. We had, we had like a massive number of like strange videos and the police turned up to talk to us about the safety of not going on the railroad tracks. So I'm assuming someone did that and got hurt. So then they, they brought out all these leaflets. And I remember the artwork was by Quentin Blake and it was really hard to take seriously because it had those silly characters like being electrocuted. This is suddenly becoming a really dark episode. But it was like, you know, don't go on the tracks because the electricity can still hurt, you know, it looks like there's nothing, but if you touch things, it can hurt you. And it was designed to do that. But I just remember it, I don't think it had the same effect it was going for because it had this really silly recognisable art style. But anyway, I digress again. Yeah, my three favourite books of Roald Dahl's would have to be Fantastic Mr. Fox, because I do like my animals, The Twits, I don't know why, I just really love that, and George's Marvelous Medicine. I never read any of
1: those stories I've heard of them but I've never read any of them
0: I'm speechless and yeah I know
1: <laughs> when I was a kid I wasn't as into reading right yeah as I am now because back in the day they would always assign you books to read in school and I never cared too much for those books because one they would <laughs> the content would go go over my head even though it was written for my age group or it was just the fact that it was homework and it was for school I just wanted nothing to do with it like I didn't actually really truly start reading until I got to college
0: I think that that says it all because you said like is the books that they assigned you. And I don't know what it is about teachers, but they always seem to assign the most boring books. Mm-hmm. You know, even the fiction, but there's always some like something really dull about them, They're, like the worst stories ever. And it's like, they don't have to be the most exciting, but there are pretty decent stories out there that they could have used to do the life lesson and the moral compass that we all need when we're younger. But they always seem to pick the most boring, dull things. And then we all had to read them out in class. It's like, no thanks.
1: Yeah. and. I mean, the thing is, too, like there were a few books that I had to read in high school that you know, a few years later in college or outside of college, I picked them up and I read them myself. And they were actually pretty good books. And I appreciated the content more because I understood it. But even those books are targeted for high schoolers. At the time, I was not I don't know, mature enough might be the right word. I wasn't mature enough to actually care about the content or to fully understand the content. Yeah, I don't know. I think at an early age, like elementary school and even middle school, like they shouldn't be assigning books, they should just tell the kids to read. Yeah. Just find a book that has some sort of content that you're interested in it and just read it. That's the that's the best way you can get practice out of it. I mean, I know I, I just said that I didn't really start reading until I was in college, but there was a middle grade series that I really got into when I was in sixth grade. And I know I've talked about this before on the podcast and off the podcast, but Warriors by Aaron Hunter is a series that really got me into reading when I was 11 years old. The first book came out and <laughs> The series is still going on. I'm still reading the series. If you guys follow my blog, you know that I'm still reviewing the books on there. And it's just, it's an awesome series. And again, back to the animals. It's, it's a book about cats and they have other series. They have Survi- Survivors, which is about dogs. They have Seekers, which are about bears yeah those are the only books that I read when I was in middle school going through high school was that yeah. middle grade series, <laughs> and then I got to college and then I started branching out into other books but <laughs> but I'm still reading Warriors
0: that's incredible though that it's still going on that's like is this these stories and these books that you've read when you were a child and they're still happening it's like talk about longevity that author knew what she was doing authors um, authors there's oh. three
1: people writing the series ah that's clever Yeah. And the thing is, um, it's, it's broke. I don't know what the right term is. Like, you know how a trilogy is three books, a duology is two books, but these each series is in six books. And then they come up with another series and that's six books and so on. And after the second series, they wanted to stop it, but the publisher said no. And I think now they're on like their sixth or seventh series, if I'm counting correctly in my head and you times that by six books and then they have special editions they even have manga out for it and it's crazy
0: that's impressive although i have to say i would be really pissed if i turned around and said i i don't want to write this series anymore and some publisher was like no you have to it's like whoa are you nope. t- telling me what i can and can't do but obviously it's done really well and i'm sure they people are probably very happy with it now so yeah <laughs> I'm enjoying it so I might have to look into that because I, I have never I never heard of them until you mentioned them and I have seen your reviews and they do look and they do look good and also I do still like reading the odd book that's got animals in it so I can imagine but the only problem is I would probably get hooked and then I'd just be like that's it it's like where's the next one where's the next
1: one yeah well I mean you <laughs> have a lot to catch up with
0: yeah yeah, oh, great. I'll just add more to the TBR listeners. Yeah, already... you know, but hey, <laughs> they're
1: middle grade books, so you'll get through them fast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things we're, we're talking about with this podcast is how important it is for kids to get into reading. And I personally do like the idea of reading to kids, especially when they're young, especially when they can't read themselves. It's a good way of learning you know, like have the child next to you while you're reading along and everything. I do remember and getting a lot of enjoyment from that and getting kids really interested in books. No, i would not just say that because we're writers and we obviously want to keep the audience going. <laughs> got to keep the fans going for uh, while we get older and older. No, it really, it really is good to get them into it. And obviously, you know, the, the next generation, we need more writers because it's always awesome to have more writers in the world and you know, there's always more books that we want to read, and I do think it's important to get them into reading and to read to them, and just to pull them into those stories and spark their imagination. Even if they end up not being big readers, they can take those imagination sparks and do something else with it. But uh, yeah, I think I think the fact that it was tell a tell a story day yesterday was quite quite poignant because I don't know, I just I've been thinking about this more and more. As I said, I have a, a niece and nephew who are quite young, and Unfortunately, with the pandemic, I have not been able to see them other than, like, standing on the road, like, waving from a really long distance because, obviously, they're, they're small children and they want to run to you and you don't want to have, have that distance enough to keep them from getting too close. And it is noticeable when you can't go over and read their favourite book or, you know, listen to Baby Shark for the four billionth time. So i starting to remember why I like this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's nice to think of our audience and it's, and even if you don't write children's books, it's nice to think of the audience coming up because the more we get kids into reading, the more that when they get up, get, grow older, they might like your books, you know? So <laughs> see, in the end, it's all about getting people to buy your books. <laughs> I swear that wasn't where I was going.
1: <laughs> but no, I, I do agree with you, like, cause it does, it, does help spark that imagination. Cause I have met some kids that they don't play, like they don't use their imagination. Like I, as I said earlier, I've been babysitting since I was 16 years old. So it's been, I don't know, math, 11 years. I don't know. And I have babysat for quite a few families because obviously kids get older and then they don't need a babysitter anymore. So I move on to a new family. And I have had a couple of kids where. They were so logic-based or academic-based, and they just, they didn't know how to use their imagination. And they always thought I was crazy. And I was like, this is how you play. <laughs> we're going to have fun, okay? But reading reading helps spark that imagination, as you said, and it also shows them, it also gives them a, an escape from reality for a little bit, too, because kids have plenty of stressors in their life just like adults do they just do a better job at handling it and like allowing them to get into a book by that has some content that they're really really into can really just open so many doors for them and whether they become an avid reader or not or whether they become a writer or not like they can, it just shows them all these different opportunities and yeah sure it could be about unicorns and depending on who you ask unicorns don't exist but it still, it still gives them. I don't know. it's still. I don't even know how to describe it. But it gives them something. Yes. And I guess that something is different for everybody.
0: Definitely. Well, I think you see a lot of people where it's like I've read. I've read articles from people saying like, oh, you should. You should read like you know so many books a year, and uh, but they shouldn't be fiction. You get a lot of these like high-powered corporate people. It's like, oh no, no, don't read fiction. It's a waste of time. You should read all these, you know, how to make millions and how to be productive and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, to me, you miss a trick if you don't read fiction. It's like, do you think that people who became engineers and came up with things like, and I'm just going to pick a this, this silly random thing, the robot vacuum, would have come up with something as cool as that if they hadn't read or watched sci-fi. You know, a lot of the things that were, were, that are coming out of like engineering and technology are things you could literally go back to certain books and certain movies. And it's like, oh, look, there it is. And then they've made it happen. It's like sometimes you get a spark of something in somebody else's imagination. They write a story, they write a movie, whatever. And then someone down the line goes, you know what, we need that. And then they take the imaginative thing and they create it in real life. Yeah. So, so it's not just a case of, well, you know, you read fiction and, and you either become a writer and that's it. But like, no, there's so many like, There's so many different paths you can take those imaginations. It's not just like, oh, yes, I'm going to create this one thing. It's like, no, you could be an engineer. You could be a scientist. You just need to think differently. And reading can help that. Stories can help that. They can also help you get through traumas and, and situations that you're maybe personally going through. Someone may have wrote, written about, characters divorcing and how what it how it affects the children and if you're a child going through the family breakup it might be helpful to read that and understand in a fictional way so I don't know it just I I think most people do understand how important reading is but I don't always think it's it's almost kind of like well you should read because then it it helps your language skills it's like that's one of the aspects it can do yes just one of the many (laughs) yeah you know, it's, um, it does need to be more than just, well, it'll help you structure things. It'll help you understand words and context better. It's like, yeah, but there's more. So yeah, that's why we we say definitely do more reading. And just on a point like uh, I am a family member who is dyslexic, and that's one of the reasons why I like things like comic books and uh, graphic novels, because I've found that a number of people who have dyslexia find it easier to read comics because of the shorter dialogue and then the visual so they they're not struggling as I mean obviously every dyslexic is different and some people might struggle but that's why I like the idea that you shouldn't penalize someone for what they read it shouldn't be a case of oh why are you not reading war and peace why are you reading you know one of the marvel comics it's like it shouldn't you shouldn't penalize someone for what they're reading because they're reading and that's important and that might just be the best thing for them the the best system for them I know people who still prefer to read books that have got artwork in them you know like that kind of where you've got like a picture and that so they have like a almost like a visual aid to, to, for what they're reading I know some people prefer more simple books no matter how old they get they don't want anything too complex I mean I've tried to read some of these big tome books I don't I can't get through them they're too much for me, so I go, back, I go back to the the stuff I'm okay with, and that doesn't make me any worse for not reading, you know, these giant classic books that everyone's supposed to read. So yeah, can we at least not judge or shame anyone for if someone only likes to read comic books or if someone only likes to read YA, no matter what their age? It really doesn't matter. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I
1: I mostly read cozy mysteries, which are a simple read for the most part and uh, middle grade books. I don't read too many adult books. I used to read a lot of YA, but I don't read YA as much anymore, but my favorite is middle grade. I don't know why. I mean, at 27 years old, I don't know why I revert back to uh, books for 10, 11-year-olds, but that's what I enjoy, and there's nothing wrong with it. But I will say this, though. um, I totally agree with you that, you know, reading is reading no matter what, whether it has pictures, or it's a graphic novel, or You know, even audiobooks. People argue that audiobooks doesn't count as reading. It it counts as reading. But I will have to say that the eight year old that I babysit for right now, the for the past couple of months, we've been reading books together because part of her homework is that she needs to read about fifteen to twenty minutes a night, and she has to write a reading log and basically summarize what she read and. She's always done this on her own but she always gravitates towards graphic novels like she'll read the babysitters club graphic novels or you know like Captain Underpants and you know things like that. And again there is nothing wrong with these books but I started reading these books with her because we we alternate reading chapters to each other. So she's still reading. We make it more fun cuz I started doing voices so then she started doing voices and so it takes us a long time to read. But The reason I started doing that is because she's going to be in fourth grade next year, so she won't have a reading log anymore, but her teacher is going to begin, that's when they start assigning books for them to read on their own for school, and at the end of it, they'll have to do a book report or a short essay or something like that, and I noticed that whenever we choose, once we finish one book for her reading log and she chooses the next book, she'll pick up a book that she has or a new book that she just got and if it doesn't have any pictures in it if it's all just chapters it's not the fact that like she she gets intimidated by it Mm -hmm. without having those pictures there which I totally understand especially at her age but I don't want her to go into fourth grade being intimidated by these books and having homework be a struggle because from as I explained earlier like I was not into reading at all when I was a kid because of these books and granted yeah as I also said that I read some of them when I were when I was older and I did enjoy these books. But at that age, you just, you don't have the, if you're not interested in it, you're not going to, you're just not going to like it. You might not even comprehend it. And then she ends up falling far behind. So I agree with you, reading graphic novels, there's nothing wrong with it. If that's what you like, that's what you like. And by all means, buy all the graphic novels. But at such a young age, you do need to dapple in different things, just to get them comfortable with all these different styles so that they can choose what style they prefer, what genre they prefer and things like that. And um, because, yeah, I know we were just talking about books there for imagination and things like that, creativity, but it does help with the language learning and things like that. So (laughs) there is, I mean, I love, I know I'm going like back and forth here, but I don't know, books are intense. Books are intense. Reading is intense. this this whole episode just got so (laughs) it's so much deeper than I thought it
0: would be yeah we just we just tacked off on a totally different thing (laughs) no you're you're totally right it's like yeah there's especially as you said in schools you will get assigned books that are probably things you will never want to (laughs) read and you have to read them and that so which is totally fine and yeah you should kind of get used to have to deal with that Obviously, if you're out of school and you want to do something else, it's like you shouldn't be penalised or punished or, or judged for reading certain things, especially if you find it more easy. But definitely, as Rachel said, it, it is important to try different things. And because that's it, you might get thinking, oh, I, I could never read that. Or, that's too intense. Or even, oh, I don't want to read a book with pictures. And actually, it could be a really good read that you would probably love. So definitely read wide. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and with that deep dive into reading that we weren't expecting to say, uh, I think we'll end the episode. So we really hope you enjoyed it and do let us know what your favourite childhood story was. We'd love to hear about it. Put it in the comments or on Twitter using the hashtag Podcast. If you do want to get yourself some extra content, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Podcast. You can support our show for as little as $1 a month and get yourself some bonus content. Tune in next week for another episode of the Mary Writer podcast where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Excessive Caffeine. We drink a lot. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.